and welcome to the May 6th episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on energy developments in Angola, Mozambique, Republic of the Congo, São Tomé and Timor-Leste, business opportunities in Cape Verde and Gabon, various initiatives by the community of Portuguese-speaking countries, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Teresa, the floor is yours. We start this week's episode with news that the community of Portuguese-speaking countries approved an economic integration strategy based on the access of cooperation in the areas of trade, investment, building institutional capacity, improving financing mechanisms for the business community, strengthening competitiveness, industrial property systems, and building quality national infrastructure. The strategy includes the creation of a financial institution and the procurement of financing instruments that will help implement economic cooperation within the community, taking into account territorial discontinuity and the different degrees of development of each country. In Angola, the French Embassy, in partnership with Total Energies, held a meeting that sought to promote partnerships between Angolan and French companies. The event, Business Expedition Oil and Gas Angola, counted with the presence of 17 French companies that provide services in the oil sector, allowing them to have a better understanding of the business opportunities in the Angolan oil sector. During the meeting, the Secretary of State for Oil and Gas highlighted that the government's goal is to promote and support natural gas monetization projects and strengthen Sonangol's position in the upstream sector. The Angolan government has announced that 48 assets to be privatized under the privatization program ProPriv should be privatized by the end of this semester. Among them are Enza, the country's leading insurance company, Bank BAI, and Budiva, the Angolan stock exchange. So far, the privatization program has completed the privatization of 84 assets, resulting in 869.55 billion Kwanzas of revenue for the national treasury, having generated more than 1,700 direct jobs spread throughout the agricultural, industrial, textile, tourism and real estate sectors. In the meantime, the managing director of Total Energies announced a new consortium with other oil companies operating in Angola to guarantee a higher production of butane gas in line with the current demand for this product. Olivia Juni also announced the revival of Blocks 20 and 21 in the Kwanzaa Basin, as well as Block 29 in the Namibia Basin, and stated that frontier exploration is being carried out in new basins as well as in Blocks 17 and 32. On the mining front, Angola is positioning itself as a global competitive mineral producer, thanks to significant developments across the diamond sector, alongside the market-driven regulatory reforms that promote investment in the sector. The government has announced that the country is well on its way to becoming the world's second largest producer of rough diamonds by 2030. Angola is currently the world's fourth largest diamond producer, with an estimated production of 9.3 carats in 2021 also offering immense opportunities for further exploration, as 60% of the country's basins remain unexplored. However, it's Angola's energy transition-related minerals that are likely to increase foreign investment. Angola's abundance in minerals such as lithium, nickel, cobalt, manganese, graphite and NDPR may turn the country into the premier supplier of energy transition-related minerals, and significant developments such as the Longojo Rare Earth projects are already underway, with our professionals involved in a number of these mining projects. 
on the renewables front, assisted by Miranda Alliance, the MCA Group has been awarded a project worth over 1 billion euros to bring electricity to a total of six communes in the Angolan provinces of Malange, Bié, Mushiku, Lunda North and Lunda Sul. The consortium consisting of Sun Africa LTC, MCO 12 Vies SA and MCO 12 SA will be responsible for the engineering, supply, supervision, construction and testing of a hybrid photovoltaic generation system with a lithium-ion battery storage system for the expansion of the electricity grid with new distribution networks. At an event for Angolan and Cape Verdean entrepreneurs in Luanda, the Deputy Prime Minister of Cape Verde presented a macroeconomic portrait of his country and the opportunities it offers to investors, inviting them to invest in maritime transportation. To this effect, the Deputy Prime Minister assured that the Cape Verdean government is willing to support projects that guarantee the circulation of goods and intensify commercial exchanges, promoting overall mobility and connectivity between the two countries. In order to attract foreign investment and boost job creation, Gabon has announced the construction of a new special economic zone, the Mupasa-Lubombi Special Economic Zone, in the southeastern province of Hot-Hugwe. The new zone aims to attract investment in the agriculture and forestry sectors, which represented 61 million USD and 537 million USD in exports in 2020, respectively. Like the other two special economic zones in the country, Mupasa-Lubombi will be be a joint venture between the Gabonese government and the Singaporean commodity trading firm Olam International. Over in Mozambique, a new sovereign wealth fund is being planned as the country prepares to start LNG exports estimated to generate 96 billion USD in revenue. Mozambique's central bank had already published a proposed model for the fund in 2020, with the objective of amassing significant funds and contributing to fiscal stability in the face of volatile commodity prices. Under this plan, half of the state revenues from gas export should be allocated to the fund and the rest to the government budget during the first first two decades of the LNG production. Also in Mozambique, a 165 million USD investment will improve sanitation in Maputo, Baira, Kalimane, Tete and Nampula, benefiting close to 200,000 people. The project, financed by the World Bank, entails the construction of wastewater treatment facilities and sewage networks, as well as the expansion of the existing sanitation systems. Meanwhile, in Portugal, the construction of the first of nine buildings of the Sinus 4.0 Mega Data Center has begun. The company, responsible for the project, Start Campus, revealed that this building, named Nest, new and emerging sustainable technologies building, will have a capacity of 15 megawatts and represents an investment of 130 million euros. In the first phase, between 70 and 100 new direct jobs will be created in Sinus, with a strong component of highly qualified functions, such as telecommunications, mechanical and electrical engineers, as well as 400 indirect jobs. Besides the construction of NEST, to be completed in the first quarter of 2023, the construction of eight other buildings with a capacity of 60 megawatts is also planned. 
The Democratic Republic of the Congo is looking to drive investment and development across the oil and gas sector by partnering with its regional counterparts, with Equatorial Guinea as its main partner. Both countries will be working on best practices and regulatory frameworks, with Equatorial Guinea additionally providing further support on the DRC's upcoming licensing round, to be launched in June 2022. This licensing round is expected to represent a turning point for DRC's energy sector and to bring an influx of international investment. Across the border, the Republic of the Congo has strengthened its production-sharing agreements with oil giants Total Energy ZP Congo and Chevron by signing seven new amendments to the PSAs, which foresee an increase in oil production. According to Total Energy's Congo, these amendments are crucial in providing a regulatory framework regarding taxes, customs and exchange regulations that offer all operators more exposure. Santomé and Príncipe started the first oil and gas exploration drilling in its exclusive economic zone. The Jacques Well is located in Block 6, operated by a consortium formed by Calp, Shell and the National Petroleum Agency, representing the state of Santomé. The operation, which will take about three months, is running smoothly and will allow for the first time the collection of more accurate information about the EEZ's petroleum potential. Drilling has also started in the Grand Tortue Amei natural gas field, located on the maritime border of Senegal and Mauritania. The field, operated by BP, Cosmos Energy and Petrosen, contains about 20 TCF of natural gas and will be developed in several phases, the first of which involves drilling a dozen production wells. In Southeast Asia, Timor-Leste has successfully finalized the award of new oil and gas exploration licenses in the country's offshore and onshore blocks, concluding the country's second 2019-2022 bidding round. Italian operator ENI was awarded the offshore block P near the Great Sunrise Fields, while Australian company Santush got block R, located offshore Timor-Leste near the Kitan, Buffalo and Bayundan Fields. Onshore blocks A and B were awarded to national companies Timor Gap and Eto LDA, respectively, while Block F was awarded to HTS Exploration. Miranda's oil and gas team was heavily involved in the licensing round, having assisted several bidders, including some of those awarded blocks. In other news, Timor-Leste is seeking to forge stronger relationships with international partners. The Timorese parliament unanimously ratified a community of Portuguese-speaking countries' mobility agreement, which had already been ratified by six other members of the Lusophone organization. In order to implement the agreement, states are provided with a range of solutions that allow them to take on certain commitments regarding mobility in a progressive way and with differentiated levels of integration, taking into account their own internal specificities within their political, social and administrative dimension. It will then be up to each country to legislate specifically on how it will facilitate the movement of people between the signatory countries. The president-elect José Ramos Horta has stated his intention of joining the Association of Southeast Asian Nations within the next couple of years. He claims that Timor-Leste's accession to the organization that comprises 700 million people and a GDP of close to $4 trillion is an absolute priority and will be a powerful driving force for the country's development.
Efforts are also ongoing for Timor-Leste's adhesion to the World Trade Organization. Miranda's work was crucial to these efforts, with the firm having been retained to prepare full legal and trade diagnosis to be used by the government in support of the ASEAN and WTO negotiations. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back with you in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 19 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. If you have time, also drop by our website or LinkedIn page, where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www. .mirandalawfirm.com This episode was presented by Teresa Garcia André from our Lisbon office and Luís Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Hugo Ribeiro from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.